Come on. Welcome to Life Blood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Amanda Neely. Amanda, are you ready to do this? Let's go. Let's let's go. Amanda is a cash flow specialist, a profit first professional, and the host of the Grandma's Wealth Wisdom podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Amanda, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, I'm based in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, where I live with my husband, my three-year-old, my mom, and a cat. And we um, moved back here just when the pandemic started. Literally, we moved in March 13th of 2020. And I spent half my life in Chicago, Illinois, great city, but it was time to move. And we have a virtual business. We work with people all over the country, so we could live practically anywhere and Cincinnati just made sense. Nice. I appreciate that. Now, did the did the cat move with you, or is this this, yeah. this a new addition? Cat no, with. the cat moved with us, yep. Got it. Awesome. Well, there's probably a lot of conversations about uh, cohabitation with, uh, with, with mom that we can get into, but perhaps that's a podcast for another day. How, yeah. how has that been, though, Amanda? Yeah, so I'm the youngest in my family, and it's a blended family. I'm the only one my mom and dad had together. So I've been raised to know I'm taking care of my parents. Um, and so they, my mom lived, has lived with us since 2013, so for quite a long time. And um, it's actually great. Her and my three-year-old just play together all day. Um, she has some health issues that affect her mental capacity, but physically she's like a three-year-old almost like they can just play and have fun together. So it's cool to have him have that experience. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's a, that's a blessing. We've got yeah. two kids which I shared with you and my mom has been able to be a big part of their lives since, uh, since they were born and it, 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 it is an awesome thing. So, um, how did you get into the, get into doing what you're doing? Yeah, I actually, it's been a meandering trail. I always thought, I was going to be in the nonprofit sector because that's what changed the world. And I was an activist, you know, grew up watching Save the Whale documentaries and Save the Rainforest, right? And um, a few years into the nonprofit sector, I realized that actually business can really make a difference in the world, providing jobs, creating value. And my husband came up with a business idea. So we went after it um, with hesitation from me, but we've, you know, I eventually got there and felt like it was what we're supposed to do too. And a couple years into that business, it was a local independent coffee shop in downtown Chicago. A couple years in, we were literally on the edge of bankruptcy and didn't even realize it until uh, we came face to face with it um, through watching a documentary and learning more about how money works and starting to get serious about our finances. And the journey from that point to when we sold that business was just totally transformational. So we knew that like we if we want to change the world and help people um, make a difference, they need to have their money right in uh, aligned with those values and with those goals. And so that worked for us. Why don't we just, why don't we pass on what we've learned and what's helped us so much? How hard was that for you um, being to, to, to use your words, an activist and then to think about how could, how could capitalism be the way through this? Yeah, it it was hard. Um, but there was like this one moment when I went to a site visit 
where I was a grant writer. So I was getting the money from the people with it, you know, with the money and um, using it in neighborhoods to do good work. There was nothing wrong with work. It was good work, but it was like telling people what to do. And then when I went to the site visit to see what that money was doing, I had that aha moment like, no, I identify with the people in this neighborhood, in this community, this grassroots kind of effort. This is where I want to be. And then as I, and so that like started the pivot. And as I started looking at like what's happening in our communities, how are they transformed? I started seeing what's actually the businesses there that do it. And not the like big corporation that comes in, but those mom and pop shops that have been in the neighborhood for years and years. They're literally changing the neighborhoods. Yeah, awesome. And this the the way that, that, that you've structured your company, um, talking about how age-old wisdom is as applicable today as it's ever been in the form of grandma's wealth wisdom. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so if we look back at what our grandparents did in like the greatest generation, you know, living through the Great Depression, seeing, you know, World War II just after that, a lot of what they faced is more similar to what we're facing in a time of war with um, the Great Recession and things like that. So we thought, what what if we return to some of the same concepts that our grandparents used? And as we researched it more and more, we found they weren't using the latest fads then. They were using hundreds of year old type financial products and financial ways of thinking that were like, what if what if we adopted those same things, those core things, but then asked how could they be adopted to today rather than just buying into what's become the latest fad or what's been promoted since the 1980s. And you discovered that that, 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 that was the way to go. Yeah. Surprise, surprise that chasing <laughs> fads and shiny objects and new things that are created by those big financial companies that I, I imagine are not your favorite. They're certainly not mine. Um, that they were not the way to go. I think that that's awesome. Um, you know, my my grandpa grew up on a farm in South Dakota during the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression. Got drafted into World War II and served. And um, so I think that 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 experience that you're talking about certainly resonates with me. And how 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 is it being received? Yeah, people are really digging it, especially if they think about where their parents are, the boomers. And how they, a lot of that generation has adopted, you know, the things that really just became popular in the 1980s, like 401ks, right, and stuff like that. And they're seeing how they're at, you know, where they're at now as they're approaching retirement. Like, and we're starting to think, like, should like could we do something different do we want to end up in the same place and so i think people are are able to then say okay i'm ready for something new and then we've or something different right and then we can be not not just sharing random things right or things you could read about on the internet but the things that have been there for a long time that nobody's talking about right now yeah well i certainly appreciate that it is a uh, the the contrast between you know, the greatest generation. Is that just the term for them? Or is there a yeah. versus versus They're the boomers, greatest generation. Um yeah. is, is certainly is, is certainly there's a stark contrast between those two. Yeah. So um well why don't we talk about some of those fundamentals that, that that sort of go back to that have always been there. Yeah. Um uh 
So contrast to Boomer's idea of no risk, no reward, um, the, the age-old wisdom is only speculate with what you can afford to lose. That's a pretty big difference, a pretty big shift, right? Um, like only invest what you can afford to lose. And there's a difference between investing and saving and knowing that difference and deciding how much you're going to save and not have at risk and then how much can you risk. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's a big one. Yeah, uh, it's huge, right? <laughs> I, I think that, that too often I get caught up in, in thinking about the difference between uh, investing and speculating and it's huge, and that that's a really important one. But simply just thinking about saving is is saving just it, it's it's there's no way to make money on that. If 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 I'm a financial company, is that why we don't talk about it enough? And I don't need to be, you know, it, it, we can just talk about why it's important. Yeah, um, there are definitely ways for more people to make money when you're investing, and the more risk you take, often the more other people can make off of that risk, right? Uh, the higher fees they can charge you or just the movement of money they can make, you know, uh, capitalize on that. Whereas like saving, depending on how you're doing it, right? Um, it, it might not make as much money, but it's also just not as exciting. People love, you know, what's interesting and exciting and to be able to kind of almost gamble, like that gives you a thrill where savings is just boring. And so it's not going to be talked about on the news. It's not going to create really awesome commercials on TV, right? Um, when you watch the news and you see them talking about uh, finance or you watch commercials, they're talking about the exciting things, right, that are more speculative and risky. So I think that's also part of it. But when, Because when you really dig into it and you see what people are really doing, you see the some of the richest, most powerful people in the world have a lot of money that's just saved and not invested. Even like Mark Cuban talks about how he loves to keep a lot of liquidity. And he's one of the only people that will actually like share that publicly. Um, but I wish more people would talk about it that way. Yeah, certainly. It's 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 not exciting. It doesn't have the same physio physiological response. That'd be interesting to to kind of dig deeper into. But certainly, there's dopamine that's going off in my head when I'm on my Robinhood app, and there's images that are exploding in confetti and everything else, um, which is contrary to what Grandma would talk about, right? And fundamentally, if if half of us or all of us are living paycheck to paycheck, whatever the statistics are. Um, that's not that's not serving us. Right. And so grandma had what's called a 10 10 10 savings formula where she would take what she, you know her income or the household income and 10% would go to long-term savings, things like retirement or you know that kind of thing. 10% would go to medium term, like the roof repair, the car, the new car, things that were more than five years, but like less than 30, hopefully. <laughs> and then 10% uh, to short term. These are things that happen you, typically once a year, like holiday vacations or holiday presents, birthday presents, that kind of thing. And that would, you know, in addition to maybe giving, right, that would all come off the top and then they'd figure out how to live life on the rest. And it's kind of that pay yourself first idea. But most people think, oh, I'll just do 10% into my 401k and that's paying myself first. But grandma had a much more serious, more thorough look at what it means to save and how that works. And that was ingrained by legitimate scarcity, right? Yes. If yeah. we don't do this, 
we're not going to be able like like the roof will eventually fall in and if we don't have the money to save it we will die right yep and <laughs> so it it's it's one of those things it's like perspective is is so it's so valuable it's so hard to get it's easy to lose um so adopting that i, I love it 10 10 10 every time that you make a paycheck figuring out if it's you know, if it's a thousand dollars, is your paycheck making sure that a hundred dollars is going towards the long term, hundred dollars is going towards the sh- or the medium term, and then hundred dollars is going towards the short term? Do you how 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 do you help people get their brain around that and actually implement it? Yeah, it it often starts with a one percent shift, right? What if you took that thousand dollar paycheck, you just took $10 and moved it to each of those buckets. Mm. You're not going to miss 30 bucks if you're living on a thousand bucks. Right. And then over time you can start shifting to 2% and then 3%, right. And do that slowly, maybe monthly or quarterly, you're making a shift. And all of a sudden you're at 10, you know, the 10, 10, 10, you're at 30%. You're like, how did I get here? The other way to do it is if you are in a place, maybe as a W-2 where you get raises or you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, you get um, an increase in sales. You can take that extra that you're getting and instead of adding it to your regular budget, put it into your savings buckets first. So if you get a 3% raise, you just take that 3% and it goes right into the savings buckets. If you're able to do that as a, as a younger person, what a huge profound impact that would be, right? Exactly. Yep. I Even like starting at 1% when you're 18, right, has such a difference. And I, I tell young people that I get to work with, if you figure out this balance between saving and spending, you're going to be head and shoulders above your peers. And even if it's 1% and 99%, you're still head and shoulders above. But if you can get to 10% and 90%, you know, whatever it is, uh, because nobody often thinks about that till they are kind of settling down in their 30s or 40s and saying, oh, I should think about this. And then there's a whole slew of people that I'm, I'm finding in their 50s and 60s that are maybe 10 years from retirement that are saying, holy cow, I didn't do anything. I need to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's, that, that, that's the trick, right? And we know that the, the best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago, but the next best time is today. But yeah, if you can, as, 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 a, as a younger person in your teens, amazing. You know, in your 20s, awesome. 30s, even great. Um, but just, just, just getting started with that. In terms of, of where to keep the money, um, are we just talking about like a checking account or a savings account separate from the everyday checking account? Or how do you coach people on that? Yeah, I'm going to be 100% honest with you here. What I literally have been doing with my money for eight years now, it goes into a whole life insurance policy, hmm. specially designed to have high cash value. It's with, you know, that has all these like stipulations. I get dividends that go back into my policy, help grow it. Um, it's uh, referred to as bank on yourself or infinite banking. I, be, I started doing that. Uh, when I was like 29 years old and it's been a total game changer because I see over the long term better growth than just a savings account. It's also providing a death benefit for my family in case something happens to me and I can still access my cash when and how I want to and yet the company still gives me the same growth and dividends as if I didn't touch my money because of the types of companies that we work with and that I have these types of policies with. And um, if you, this is another like grandma's wealth wisdom type thing back in 
grandma's day, more than half of Americans had these types of whole life insurance policies. And that's where she was putting Hmm. the short, the medium term and the long term, that 20% of her income, that's where she was putting it. That's fascinating statistic right there. What do you have any idea what it is today? So it's really hard to tell. It's less, because, <laughs> yeah, um, because these are private contracts between mm. you and a life insurance company. So unlike four hundred one k's, there's not you know public data available. But there are millions and millions of people. You look at different companies' websites and how many policyholders they have. And um, Joe Biden, when he put out his financials, he's got multiple of these policies. And we know other uh, former presidents and Congress people have also had them. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's more people than we think. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly I'm, I'm, I'm fairly aware and know that, that there's companies and businesses and banks that, that also own these for, for a lot of the reasons that, that, that regular folks do too. I love it. Well, Amanda, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah. So if you're, if you've not like handled that savings component, you've started shifting money towards savings on a regular basis, the next trick is to figure out how to not just spend it all the time, right? Something always comes up. And th- this is when it's the most critical to think like grandma and think what would grandma do in these situations with creativity and with limited resources, right? Would ha- Would she grow her own food if she can't, you know, if the the emergency means I need to buy groceries, maybe that's not the most, you know, the easiest thing to do on a dime, but she would build community. She would, you know, go ask her neighbor to borrow a cup of flour, right? You know, ask somebody, can I have a ride if my car's broken down? Things like that. I think we've lost a little bit of that. We just use money to solve our problems. And I would love to see us be more creative in how we can use other resources to help solve our problems rather than just dipping right into that savings. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Yeah, that's awesome, right? Instead of just turning to money to solve our problems, want to be more creative and tap into the resources that are certainly all around us. You're a person who I'm sure is thrilled to help others when they need it. And there's millions of people out there that, 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 that are the same. So I love it. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Where can they get the podcast? Everything. Yeah, the it's grandmaswealthwisdom.com is where you can uh, see all the things. And then probably whatever podcast app you're listening to this show in, you can look up Grandma's Wealth Wisdom and we'll be there too. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Amanda your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to grandmaswealthwisdom.com. Check out all the great resources. It's a great website. And um, switch over after today to... Uh, Check out Grandma's Wealth Wisdom on whatever podcast catcher you're looking or listening to. Thanks again, Amanda. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.